This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's podcast for your author success with the Author You, your guide to book publishing show. As you listen in, you're going to get a variety of ideas, insight, tips, and how-tos for your author, publishing, and book marketing success. I always love to start a show with a quote from my book, uh, Snappy, Sassy, Salty Success for Authors and Writers. And it really deals with just 400 plus of my off-the-wall quotes. One of them is Dr. Seuss Theodore was 54 when he wrote The Cat in the Hat. What's age got to do with success or failure? What does age have to do with success or failure with creativity, with your book marketing? with so much that you have to do. Well, with me is a new guest. In our six years we've been on the air, we've never had the pleasure of having Rob Jacob with us. But Rob has alter egos with him. And he's an award-winning author and a living historian. He has a lifetime passion for history. I guess that's where, but it's a different type of history. He's, He's participated in activities They cover a wide range of time periods, including French and Indian War, Revolutionary War, reenacted groups, Western gunfighters, mountain man rendezvous and Renaissance fairs, and he shows up in costume. During the past 12 years, he has focused on the golden age of piracy. So what's piracy got to do with your creativity and maybe book marketing? I'm going to tell you maybe everything because Rob writes about pirates and his books, Pirates of the Florida Coast, Truce, Legends, and Myths, and A Pirate's Life in the Golden Age of Piracy have won a gazillion awards. They've been Amazon bestsellers and Rob travels all over the country as a pirate, promoting his books, engaging his audiences, and bringing them in. So I thought it would be a, a good show to um, uh, take some strategies, some tips, some tips, some of his creativity, and how can we morph that into something that you could do to hook onto your book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, and do it into promotion. So Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's start in. <laughs> when did you decide to become a private? I think maybe I, I'm going to ask that one. So <laughs> when did you decide? Well, um, I actually came into this the reverse way of most, most authors. 
Uh Most authors write their books first and then look for a place to market them. Uh I was always already in the market area as a reenactor and saw a niche that there were no good books that other reenactors could reference. So uh, I wrote one, and your uh, initial quote was very appropriate because my first book was published when I was 61 years old. Oh, how perfect is that? Right. Yeah. So uh, I've been a living historian, as you mentioned, for over 50 years. And uh, after Pirates of the Caribbean came out, all of these pirate living history groups sprung up. And I thought, that sounds like fun. I'm going to get into that. So we started doing pirate reenacting, but there were no good source materials out there. I saw this as a tremendous niche within the book world that no one had effectively addressed. So I wrote my first book and started marketing it at pirate festivals and pirate events. And of course, you always appear in period correct clothing. But I quickly realized that this could expand to other just regular book signing events, any type of event where a book would be sold, craft fairs, whatever. And I always appear in 100 percent totally period correct clothing that gives a sense of realism. People want to talk to me because the way I'm dressed, they want to hear about my book. And then after I talk a little bit, they buy a copy or two. Well, I actually love that. So, you know, I, I, I um, and, and you are doing that. You found a need and you filled it. There was really mm-hmm. nothing going on about pirates. And I guess we say thank you, Johnny Depp, for, for <laughs> bringing that character alive. God, did he ever, huh? Um, so how, and I, and I, and I love this idea of period correct costuming so how did you let's for all our listeners you know mm-hmm. you may you may be if you're writing historical fiction you've already got the stage set i think um yes. you know it's set so what what are we in um on that you know i i'm thinking about in my book my historical fiction book that we have our protagonist rob that it is an ace at bow and arrow. That's probably not a good idea to carry around a bow and arrow. <laughs> but Ooh, what time period is it set in? 1,000. The, okay, the year 1,000. So up with, uh, with uh, a medieval type attire. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, yeah, which is uh, actually fairly easy to do. Uh, one thing that I've noticed within the pirate genre, there are perhaps a dozen authors on pirate books, most of them historical fiction, mm-hmm. that come to these events with dreadful looking clothes. I mean, they're like, they went down to the Holly, uh, Halloween costuming shop and threw together some stuff that does not look appealing at all. And I think that turns people off to their books. If you mm-hmm. really want to sell your product, your clothing has to look good. It has to be acceptable and real. And it's not only historical fiction. I've got a good friend that writes books about mermaids for children. And after she did a book festival with me, she started dressing as a mermaid. She wears purple hair and has seashell jewelry and all kinds of sparkly stuff. And it really attracts people to her because they want to talk to her and then hear about her book. 
Absolutely. So I, I love this idea. I, I mean, I love this concept of picking whatever your your genre is, your era is, and starting to accessorize. And you you said, well, you don't go to the Halloween shop. And I'll hear here you and I, we are in fall time, you know, now that that um, you'll you'll see Halloween, you know, overnight shops pop up, right? That's not really right. good. So how 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 did you how many outfits do you have rob and and also we should say his fabulous wife also dresses as a wrench <laughs> yes of course we're a team of course. <laughs> so how how did you how did you put together your costuming uh well first you got to do a lot of research there are a few sites out there that will sell you patterns for virtually any time period Ooh. Sometimes the patterns are good, and sometimes one of them is um, called reconstructing history. You can download a pattern for virtually any outfit from the last 2,000 years, and mm -hmm. you're going to be pretty doggone close to having an accurate pattern. So then that's Rob, is that reconstructivehistory.com? Yes, it is. Okay, everyone. So, um, it, it, and if you can't sew yourself, guess what? You get some help here. <laughs> <laughs> but then the next challenge is finding material because mm -hmm. the material really is important. If you're using modern materials made out of polyester, they just don't look right. You've mm -hmm. got to use the authentic linen, cotton, wool, whatever. And there's a few sites out there. Renaissance Fabrics is one of them. Uh, and you order some material, and then, you know, my wife made everything that uh, we're wearing. All of our clothes are, are handmade from her. Well, but uh, the same, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, Renaissance. the same thing would apply with a, with anything, like the mermaid. Uh, you know, you want to find stuff that looks good and, and stuff that's going to be believable, no matter what genre you pick. Go for the real stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I one of my favorite shows, Rob, years and years ago, was um, I'm a big Bette Midler fan. And, you know, she does a whole scene with mermaids that is hysterical. Um, and she and she comes out with fins, you know, she and her girls, <laughs> as she calls them. And they're behind kind of like this. Last time I saw it, I've seen it about three times. Last time I saw it, they were behind the bar singing and doing the boogie woogie and doing all kinds of stuff. And all of a sudden, they heft themselves on the bar. You can see their fabulous tails they're wearing, um, uh, you know, the whole costuming now. And they slide into wheelchairs. And they <laughs> zoom all over the stage. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. But Oh, that sounds great. But they're in total costume. Total yeah. costume for this thing. Right. And, and Yeah. So, so I love this. All right. So... You decided to do that. Do you have, uh, and I wouldn't even call them costumes. These are your uniforms. The, we these call are them your... period correct clothing. That's the official correct term. Is that from you or from what people call them? Uh, well, that's within the reenactment community. We hate uh -huh. the word costume because costume implies okay. the Halloween shop with, with zippers oh, okay. and fake material. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, we choose period correct clothing. Well, I, I will totally get that. I am corrected. Um, I mean, I would call, see, I, I think of tax deductions and when I, I've gone through enough audits in my life and I had uniforms, 
that I wore just for mm -hmm. stage presence. And auditors got what that meant. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and they've accepted all of our stuff for taxes because all of the materials and patterns we buy, we also deduct them for taxes because you really can't exactly wear a pirate outfit when you're walking around the shopping mall. No, you can't. All right. We're going to be right back. We're taking a break. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, with me today is Rob Jacob, the awesome best-selling author of Pirates of the Florida Coast. Um, and in his persona, if you go to his website, which is robertjacobauthor.com, you'll see him. He looks like a regular guy with a kind of a nifty-looking hat, like that hat. Um, but if you scroll down a little more, you'll see him at work. And as he mentioned that, uh, and, and he's actually got a great website. So I'm going to recommend all of you um, for authors who want to speak that pay attention to this. He doesn't have a direct speaking tab, but he has right on the front that, you know, he's got a calendar for his next events. Um, and he's taken some old, which I love. He has taken some old imagery, like from the Boston News, New, New England Courier, the London Gazette. And of course, it's all about those wretched pirates that were doing all kinds of things. So what you want is to um, just take a look, add on to it. But one of the pictures on his homepage is he is in his period, period 
correct clothing um, as they can go on. So one of the questions I have, Rob, is how many um, options do you have for your period correct clothing? I have four time periods within the realm of piracy that I portray, depending on the audience and, and what book mm -hmm. I'm telling, pushing at the time. Mm -hmm. One, of course, is like the 1760s, the early Florida pirates. Then I've got one from the 1720s, which is more of the, the Blackbeard pirate. Uh, then one more than 1750s. And then finally, the early 19th century, which would cover your John Lafitte era. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on where I'm giving a presentation or where my uh, the, the pirate festival is, normally pirate festivals will center around one time period or another. I select mm -hmm. the appropriate clothing. Are, are most of the pirate festivals um, more on the East Coast, the Caribbean side, or are they all over the United States? All over the United States. And, of course, that also includes all rent fairs, because every single rent fair will have a mm -hmm. pirate weekend. So you could be on the road all the time. Yeah. And actually, the, uh, the biggest two rent fairs in the world, one's in Texas and one's in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Who would have known? <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, okay, so um, uh, Rob gave us that if, if you have, especially those of you who are listening in, if you do anything that has a period with it, not just, um, and this is for certainly fiction, um, if you have a period to it, that you can find the resources of reconstructinghistory.com for patterns that you could have clothing made and to find authentic materials that don't look like they're cheesy, you know, uh, uh, we wear one night and we throw them away, that you want to go mm -hmm. to renaissancefabrics.com. Did I get that right, Rob? Right. And there's some other sites, too. If you just Google mm -hmm. authentic clothing, a lot of little stuff will come up. Okay. So the magic is go to the Google and just put up um, Renaissance clothing, is that what you said? Right. Okay, so we have that. So I, I'm a big fan, Rob, of really knowing what's going on in, especially during this, uh, during the uh, time of the year where the sun shines, um, where, wherever it is, where they have a lot of outdoor activities. Most of these are usually outdoor activities you're in, or are you in indoor? Uh, I'd say 80% are outdoor. Okay, so you you have those, and um, and you can make it there. So that's some fun. All right. So what else? All right, you 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 revealed in our last segment that you started doing this when you were in your sixties. Is that right? That is correct. Well, writing a book. I've writing been, a I've book. Been living history for a long time. Right, but uh, I felt the need because there were no good books out there that covered my genre in the time period. Mm -hmm. So I felt there was a need for that niche and it took me 10 years of research. My book actually started out as a 10 page pamphlet for my reenactment group to try and help them be more accurate. And it wound up turning into a very large encyclopedia type book on the history of pirates. Well, how cool is that? All right, then you start, you, so you start, you expand, do you see any revisions coming or is it ancient history is ancient history? Well, I'm doing my third book now. Um, mm -hmm. So my second book was the Florida book, because after my first book came out, I live in Florida. 
Mm-hmm. So everyone asked me about Florida Pirates, and I didn't have very much on Florida Pirates in the first book. So I had to write a second book. And now everybody's asking me about Blackbeard, the most famous pirate of all time. So now I've got to write a book on him. And, and Blackbeard hung out where? Uh, well, it's surprising that Blackbeard actually started his career as a captain off the coast of New Jersey. That's what his I thought. See, I thought he was up in the New England area. Yeah, it was it was at Cape May, which is the entrance to uh, the Delaware River. He was attacking mm-hmm. ships coming in and out of Philadelphia. And there's mm-hmm. some evidence that he was actually from Philadelphia originally at one point. Oh. Then he wound up in the Caribbean for a year and uh, then in North Carolina, which is where he established a base. And where he was killed. And there you go. Well, then it's the North is going to get your attention. Northeast is getting your attention next. Um, Mm -hmm. And and then I do want to say that, you know, he's talking about um, certainly his era. And a lot of times think of everything's old. But, you know, if even if you write nonfiction, you know, you might have wisdoms of Ben Franklin or you could have it, it could have been Yoda. I mean, I you never know um, what things that can you can come in and bring that together. So, and and I'm telling you, you do become magnets at events because people want to get their picture taken with you if you look good. Is that not right, Rob? That's absolutely true, and um, and a lot of times that will lead to a book sale. In yep. fact, uh, we started we started selling other little gimmicks uh, like feather pens and coin pouches. And small things that we could put together and sell for two or three dollars because it brings the kids over. The kids get engaged in that. And while they're picking out what feather pen they want, their parents start looking at the book and I can make a book sale. Right. So do you have I I love this idea, this tip that I mean, I believe in having tips, um, gadgets, I always call. So what's in the gizmo Mm -hmm. and gadget line? Um, um, And I've always brought along at my events, you know, that I don't sell them. I give them away. Um, mm-hmm. is it really a high-end emery board because people, women really like them. And so we always have those. But I'm interested in gizmos and gadgets. You're, you're getting my mind thinking right now back to my medieval 1,000-year uh, book. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. what, what could we put together? So do you have a favorite resource that you look at for the feathering pen and whatever it is? Uh, well, in researching my book, I researched a lot of this stuff. So mm-hmm. now my favorite resource is my first book. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> most of the uh, things that's historically correct is in my first book, so I just draw on that. But uh, something else I do, um, Letters of Mark, most people don't know what that is. Letters of Mark were a document issued by a governor or a governor's representative that made you a legal pirate. You were permitted to attack ships from nations listed in those letters of mark. And the deal was you give 25% back to that governor that gave you the letters of mark. So Ah. when England and Spain were on friendly terms, England would issue letters of mark to people like Henry Morgan, who would go out and attack Spanish ships and cities, and they would be welcome as heroes when they got home. Well, we give out letters of mark to children uh, I engage small kids that are dressed as pirates or whatever, and would you like to be a privateer? I just happen to be authorized to give you a letter of mark. 
we let them write their name on their letter of mark and then the name of their ship, which is always funny because it stumps them all. And what's the name of your ship? And none of them know what to call it. Uh, but that gets the kids engaged. It gets them motivated. They get this piece of paper. And I've sold more copies of books to their parents while the kids are trying to figure out the name of their ship. Well, I, I do like that. Um, yeah. so In fact, a quick, quick mm -hmm. interesting story. Uh, we had two brothers and the first – or two uh, siblings. And the daughter named her ship the Titanic. And then her brother named his ship the Iceberg so he could sink her. <laughs> I love that. Well, there's a family thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And, and, and hopefully the parents bought two books. All right. Or they... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and they, they really enjoy it because they, they, engaging the kids is a big part of this. Mm -hmm. I wrote this book to engage people to teach them the real truth. This isn't fanciful stories. This is all very accurate and sometimes surprising true histories of the pirates. And I was surprised with my first book that my best audience seemed to be fourth grade girls. I have no idea why, but I've, mm -hmm. young girls just seem fascinated by this subject. And I've seen girls like crying and pouting and demanding that their parents buy this copy of the book. And they do. And in, in many cases, it really improves their understanding of world history. And it improves their reading skills because they're reading something they're interested in. Well, and I, I do love that. I'm, I'm curious, when you're in an event, are these one-day, three-day events? How many days are you at an event? Some are one-day. Most are two-day. A few of them are three-day. Normally mm -hmm. a Friday, a Friday afternoon, all day Saturday, and Sunday till 5. Mm -hmm. and, and how much inventory do you bring with you? Because these are well, point of sales, are they not? These are impulse yes. buys where you're at. Okay. That is correct. Uh, I normally bring about 60 books with me. Uh, one event, I brought 63 books, and I sold 62. I went home with one book. Normally, I'll sell about 45 to 50 books. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then gadgets. Yeah, I bring a whole lot of the little stuff. Uh, we sell treasure chests and, and other small things that uh, are, are great for the kids. Because when you're at a, a Renaissance festival or a pirate festival, the kids want to buy little inexpensive things. So mm -hmm. we offer that. And sometimes I can get their parents to get a book. Well, if not, that's okay, too. Okay. And then, and then again, we're coming up right to our next break. But do you have a favorite site? Do you go to... Um, the Orient, the Orient place that people buy gizmos, gadgets, you know, off of, or do you really hunt around? You've got to hunt around. There really is no one site. There's and no one site that, that you like. like it's, yeah, right. If, if there's anything that looks like it's we offer everything, it's really poor quality stuff. Uh, if you want the real thing, you know, the clothing, you pretty much have to make yourself. You can't buy any ready-made clothing anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, then all the accoutrements, you know, the hats, the, the mm -hmm. swords, the belts, you have to go to different sources for that. You do. A all lot right. of time. Yeah. Well, but Rob, I want you to hold on that thought. Come, we'll open sure. back on it uh, when we come back. Everyone, you're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing podcast. With me is Rob Jacob, fabulous pirate author. 
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. This past weekend that I was at one of the fabulous Barnes & Noble stores all day with eight other authors. Um, and I'm always fascinated when people have stuff or the paraphernalia um, that you can bring along. Um, my guest, Rob Jacob, um, th- he has stuff. And it's really <laughs> smart to be thinking of this way. Eddie. It's just not books because it's the stuff, which is sometimes the eye candy, to bring in your audience, some kind of a gadget um, that will mm-hmm. pull them in. And if you have books for kiddos, um, you really should have some paraphernalia. So, Rob, would you talk a little bit about how, what what did you decide on, and what what kind of what kind of uh, percentages are you looking for? Because you have to buy this stuff. You're going to buy it. You're going to inventory it. You're going to drag it around with you <laughs> as you move up and down. Um, um, do you, do you have some parameters you work with? Uh, well, I don't have any specific things. I mean, most of the stuff we make ourselves or uh, buy them from a couple of different sources. When I started off for the first two years, I didn't have any stuff. I was just trying to sell my book on the merits of the book. And I found that in talking with people, the longer I could talk to them, I could get them interested in getting a copy. But if they just kind of glanced at my table and walked by, I'd miss that opportunity. And when I sign my books, I sign it with what looks like to be a quill pen. Now, it oh. it's a because I want it to look cool when I'm signing. Well, really, it's just a modern ballpoint pen with a pheasant feather duct taped to it. Uh, but it looks really cool. And people started asking me, do you sell those? And I thought, whoa, maybe I should start selling them. So we bought bags and bags of pheasant feathers and a whole bunch of cheap, thick pens, and we duct taped the feather to the pens in various colors. And we sell them for very inexpensive money, $3 or so, because, you know, that's 
they're not that great a quality, but people love them. And then I put the cards that advertised my books in a little treasure treasure chest that I bought at Michael's. And people started asking me, well, do you sell the treasure chest? So then we started making treasure chests with skull and crossbones on them and sell those. And then we had to make coin pouches to put in the treasure chest. And we sew the coin pouches ourselves out of various colors and fill them with a couple of coins, uh, fake Spanish golden coins. So all of that stuff is very easy to carry. Uh, it doesn't take up a lot of space. It fits in a couple of plastic totes. You spread it out on your table, and it gives people something to look at, and it gives their kids something to look at uh, that engages them into conversation. And that's the plus. So it's finding um, the eye candy that goes along with your theme, with your book, um, right. and all that. Do you do you, do you, do you do anything with? I mean, of course, you can't think about pirates without gold coins. Is yeah. there any? You do any dummies yeah. with that, or? Right. So in our coin pouches, we have four gold coins, and ah. we found one site that. You can buy like a bag of a thousand gold coins for 20 bucks. And mm -hmm. uh, so we can produce these little coin pouches that we sell with the treasure chest. You get a discount if you buy both. And mm -hmm. uh, we find a lot of grownups buying them too. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's kind of fun. Um, I, heck, mm -hmm. I was just in Las Vegas and I went to the mob museum. I knew nothing about I know a lot about mobs now, but I ended uh -huh. up buying a pair of handcuffs that, I mean, I have mugs, I have hats, um, because we mm -hmm. do a, in our author group out here in Colorado, we do a Christmas exchange, you know, uh, the secret Santa stuff, mm -hmm. um, and mine's getting mob stuff this year. <laughs> so. Well, and uh, with all the paraphernalia, I've got a, an author friend who, as I mentioned earlier, does mermaid books. Yeah. And uh, she did a book signing. That we we had a, we shared a table at one of these author groups, and she saw what I was doing, and so she copied it. Now she dresses up as a mermaid. She's got all kinds of stuff in her hair. Uh, she has purple hair and lots of jewelry. But she sells a lot of paraphernalia, and pens are something that people overlook. If you can find a unique pen that goes with your book, and that's what you use to sign them, and then you also sell them, people enjoy that. Well, I like that idea. You know, you mentioned your dragon, the, the dragon mm -hmm. friend also. I, we have, um, we call her the dragon lady, and she actually has her hair done with flames in it. Um, mm -hmm. in the in the red, you know, different variations. I mean, she goes to a hairdresser to have the dye um, put mm -hmm. in, so it's not a do-it-yourself thing mm -hmm. on it. So it's kind of fun. Love you doing that. All right. Any other ideas right. that, um, I mean, you're, you're a pirate, and I know Annie does a mm -hmm. lot of the stuff with you, your wife, um, that, uh, and we've got the mermaid idea, um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of, you know, other books and other themes I see out here. You know, my mind's working on my medieval thing. Okay. So I'll be, I'll be working on that. Um, that we something can... that, uh, yeah, something that I noticed um, is stepping out of my comfort zone. Originally, I never imagined that I would be successful anywhere except at 
pirate festivals and events like mm. that. Yeah. But then someone said it was having a craft show and said, hey, you know, um, I saw you at the pirate festival a month ago. We'd love to have you at our craft show. Well, OK, I'll give it a try. And I sold 40 books. And it had nothing to do with pirates. It was just a good old American craft show. I was next to the potpourri lady and the lady that made kind of like plant displays. But it was something unique. And recently I did the Comic-Con here in Tampa. Who would have thought that pirates would go good with Comic-Con? But that was a big success, too. Oh, why not? So, I, I could totally yeah, see I would that. Say, yeah, step out of your genre. Once you get a rhythm going, then the sky's the limit. Look for any opportunity to see if it works for you. Um, I, I know, and my imagination is working for me right now. So I have to thank you. Mm -hmm. I have to thank you. Mm -hmm. So let's <laughs> talk about um, you, because it ties in with just with what you said. You thought you just only kind of a pirate thing. Now you did a Comic Con. You know, my uh, Rob, my one regret, I spoke at a Comic Con. They want me to come in. Because um, a lot of these people were interested on publishing. Um, mm -hmm. So I did a little workshop on publishing. My biggest regret, we had a great time, was that I I didn't get anyone to take a camera um, and take a picture behind me at the, at the people in the audience who were all dressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, with that right. not to be, you know, you know, we can speak anywhere, even to aliens. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, I'm, I've got the advantage of always having my wife with me. And when I'm doing a speaking engagement or a presentation, she's taking pictures. And it makes a difference. Yeah. It, it it have does. A, yeah. To having someone, right. someone with you. I totally agree with that on that. All right. So let's, you talked about some other ideas because um, I love the idea of doing the stretch where you can do and I had one client that wrote a book about the West mm -hmm. and he focused I, I've, I've had two clients that have done this enormously successful that have sold uh, uh, mega mega thousands of books through this store um, mm -hmm. and they ordered the books directly from the author now I you know I don't know if all your books are pulled from you know, the inventory or from a bookstore, do you do your, do you do your own um, uh, press run, print run? Uh, yes and no. Um, some bookstores that I found, because I certainly want to sell my book in museums around yes. Florida that because they address pirates. Sometimes the uh, museum will want to buy them directly from me. Sometimes they insist on buying them directly from Ingram. It depends mm -hmm. on how their account, accounting system is set up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and, and we can come back to that. But one of the things that I found, and I'm going to kiss on museums, that I had one of my clients wrote a book about his father who was shot done over Belgium during World War II and later mm -hmm. became a national hero to those in Belgium. Um, and then I have another client who wrote this wild, this huge Wild Wild West. Both of them did the niche marketing and focused mm -hmm. on that genre. For the the Western, they went to all the museums, Western museums. That's that's just where he sold them before he expanded into bookstores. Um, but mm -hmm. he, and he typically would sell in an evening. And I want all of you to listen to this. 
that he sold in an evening at least 40 to 50 books at full price, at full price. Um, And he'd bring these in. And and sometimes that the deal was the museum um, was just so thrilled. Or it could be, you know, a a Western library that they're out there, too. Um, They were so Mm -hmm. thrilled to have them that they invited all their patrons, their client base, and they came in for an evening, you know, with with the author. Um, and, and, and he would donate back or if they, they pre-bought, let's say they pre-bought a hundred books and then they carried them in their bookstore, um, availability Mm -hmm. that he would always reduce it 50%, which is what a bookstore would be. Right. And he did extraordinarily well. And, and, uh, Steve Snyder with his book shotguns did the same thing. Only he focused on air shows. And he Mm -hmm. focused on museums. And now he speaks at the Air Force Academy and he does all kinds of things based on his love for his father and his father's work in saving people. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a huge believer in doing the niche thing, huge believer in the drill down. And, And Steve, you know, shows up with the bomber jacket, you know, his dad's dad's bomber jacket. Um, that that it, that later was donated to. It, Belgium now has two museums in his honor. Literally, this guy was a hero, and uh, wow. and and we we launched his book in Belgium before the United States. So, um, or you have the you know these other variables, but I love the idea of you going in and tapping in to the museum side, showing up as the pirate with his faithful, Mm -hmm. you know, wrench Annie and (laughs) wrench Annie and, um, and doing that. And I, you know, I think you could do extraordinarily well. I did a presentation a few months ago at the history of diving museum in Isla Morada, which is uh, one of the keys close Mm. to Key West. Mm -hmm. And what, what do they have to do with pirates? Well, I called the museum and introduced myself, and they said, well, we have a program once a, uh, a year, once a month that where we have an author come in and talk about his book. Do you want to do that? Sure. So I came in, did my uh, one-hour presentation oh, on oh, pirates. Oh, hold on, hold on. I missed my cue. We're at our break. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success. 
a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book. A book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, with me for this past, I guess I should say 45 minutes, has been Rob Jacob, and he's the author of multiple books, Um, but the two we're kind of focusing on is his book, or or we're, you know, we're telling people about, is The Pirates of the Florida Coast, Truths, Legends, and Myths, and then he has A Pirate's Life at the Golden Age of Piracy, but not only does Rob write about it, he acts it, he dresses like it, um, and he becomes part of a scene, and he's done very successful marketing with that niche he's gone into um, and being the persona that attracts both adults and children. And Rob was telling us just before we cut into the break, he was talking about um, a diving museum, I think it was, and, and what he's doing there. So kiss us on that, Rob. Right. So I've been engaging various museums throughout Florida to see if I could do a presentation and maybe get my book into their bookshop. Mm-hmm. And I called the diving museum in Isla Morada, Florida, which is mm-hmm. one of the keys. It's, it's about maybe a half hour, 45 minutes away from Key West. And the uh, diving museum is, of course, on the history of scuba diving and hard hat diving and has nothing to do with pirates. But I gave it a try and they said, yeah, we'd love to have you come and do a presentation. So I did my one-hour presentation on the history of Florida Pirates to a sold-out crowd. Uh, The room had a capacity of 50 people. There were 64 people there. They had to set up extra chairs out in the hall. And I sold 20 books, and then the bookstore bought 20 more books to put in their museum, or their bookstore. And and so um, what what does your book sell for? The Florida book sells for $34.95, and my – Pirate's Life in the Golden Age of Piracy is forty nine ninety nine. Well, so these have got lovely price tags on them. So, you know, selling 20 books at $35 each, 
there's $700 people or, or $49, 20 books. You know, you you start, money starts adding up. You know, this mm-hmm. is a business, understanding the dollars and cents and cents of publishing and marketing. So Rob has done this extraordinarily well. Um, so kudos to you for putting that together, Rob. Um, and, and with that going on. All right. So we were talking about museums and I was sharing a story, you know, how I, a couple of clients gone that way. Colleges. Is that a market for authors today? Museums are tough because a lot of state museums are controlled completely through the state. So it's a very complicated process to get your book approved. At least it is in Florida. You have to write the right person, send them a copy, and maybe eight months later they'll get back to you. The private museums are a lot easier. Uh, Normally they'll say, oh, this looks great, and they'll either buy some directly from me or through Engram. A lot of museums have their accounts set up, so they'll just buy it straight from the uh, printer. Mm -hmm. Well, what about doing events there? Is it difficult to set up events? Yeah, I do a lot of history presentations uh, that goes along with my book because it's part of educating the public on the truth. Most museums uh, are very willing and and very enthusiastic about uh, accepting my presentation. I also do a lot for libraries throughout the state of Florida. I've got a presentation up by the Villages Thursday. I'm doing a two-hour presentation on the Pirates of Amelia Island. Mm. And uh, I did an Amelia Island book festival a few months ago up there on Amelia Island where I did the same presentation. Uh, so I, I do a quite a number of these historical presentations uh, for libraries and museums and um, just sometimes private clubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I'm thinking of I, it makes me smile that you're really, really tapping into your regional area, Rob. I mean, it's it's great. And and I actually didn't know. Um, of Rob directly until I had the pleasure of meeting him at the For- Florida Publishers and and um, uh, uh, I should say yeah, Florida, Florida Authors, Authors Publishers Association. Association, right? And speaking there, and 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 I loved your group. I I had a great time. Thanks. Yeah, I'm uh, just to mention I'm currently the president of the Florida Authors and Publishers Association. <laughs> And I'm doing a presentation next month at the Jacksonville Book Festival. And my presentation is on how to research correctly for a historical fiction book. I love that. So if you're writing a book, yeah, if you're writing a book that deals with a certain time period, (laughs) how to go about researching, because you could really mess up a great story by getting your facts incorrect historically. Oh, that's absolutely true. I know that. You're do- and you're doing a whole presentation on that? Yep, one, uh, 90 minutes. Wow. Maybe we should do a podcast on that, Rob. Come off and... Yeah, could be. Yeah, I'd like that. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the... Um, you mentioned something to me. We've, we're talking about becoming another person. How do you step out of your comfort zone to become that uh, well, I don't really have much trouble because I'm an extreme extrovert, so I my comfort zone is like zero. So, you know, <laughs> you tell me, hey, go do this, and you know, I'm up for it. <laughs> Why not, right? 
Yeah. Um, but perhaps with some people I've noticed, and this is another reason why I recommend dressing in whatever clothing goes with your book. When you dress as a character, you become that character. And quite often it changes your speech. It changes your confidence and makes you able to sell your book and convince people of the importance of your book because they believe in you as that character. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I, I, I've seen people, a, a sense of playfulness sometimes come out that it's just not their norm. It's really fun. Yes. When, when they do that. So maybe we all need to don, you know, not costumes, authentic, <laughs> authentic, um, period, period correct clothing. clothing. Yes. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. I, I love that. All right. Last couple of minutes. Do you, what kind of promo material do you use? Oh, I've pretty much all the standard stuff. You know, I've got uh, bookmarks, little cards that I give away with each of my books. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people might not buy the book at right then and there, but they take a card. Sometimes they contact me through my email or website and say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about it. I want to get a copy. Then I, I send them out a book. Um, my website uh, is really designed to sell my product once you find my website. And I was actually at a, at a book festival and a guy was interested in my book, but he says, no, I'm not going to buy it now until I see your website. He looked up my website on his phone and in two minutes later came back and bought both books. Don't you love that? Yeah. So I can't stress the importance enough of having an attractive looking website mm -hmm. that uh, makes your genre want to buy your book. Now, I have a very unique kind of market. Uh, the the reenactors and then people that don't even know they're going to buy a history book. Uh, so it's difficult to market to that group. I just have to have generic marketing materials, but the real person that sells it is is me talking to people. I, I think that that's always true, and I um, I, I want to add on a bookmark. When I was in the this past weekend, when I was at, at a bookstore all day from nine to five all day. Um, and we sold a lot of books and that the people would sometimes they would come through, you know, they, they you know, you get them Well, I only listen to audiobooks or I only read ebooks. Um, and I want you to, and I, I think you should all have bookmarks that they can just go away with. You never know. Um, just right. like what your experience was that, that you put on there, either you use an image or an icon of some sort, that lets them know what formats your books are available in print, ebook, audiobook, mm -hmm. um, and do that. I mean, we actually had someone come along. She was with the group. I had one person, three women, three young women showed up. They had like a dozen books they were carrying around. And we said, we're going to go get you a basket to put your books in. And they had their own little book club. So they, they were buying, you know, triplicate. It was very cool, Rob. Um, made a heart, we authors' hearts sing. Let's just say that. And mm -hmm. um, and then one says, you know, my mom loves books, but she's only reading ebooks now. And we just put together a little packet of all the bookmarks so she could take them away and give them to her mom so she could get books that way. So I mean, my thing is you got to make it easy for the buyer. You always have to make it easy. Right. For the buyer. And, and that's where the cards, all my books have, I have a little promo card that has mm -hmm. the picture of the book, a little blurb on the back. 
mm-hmm. and the ISBN, of course, and where to order it. Because mm-hmm. I actually get a lot of clients that only do ebooks, mm-hmm. and they say, "Hey, oh, I love your book. Is it available uh, in ebook?" Sure, and then they take a card, and then they order it the next day. And you can always check Amazon's KDP, and you can see what's going on by the hour for those kind of sales. All right. So, Rom, any last-minute tips you'd like to leave with us? We have about a minute to go here. Uh, Follow your imagination. Mm. Let your imagination run wild. As an author, everyone should have a good imagination, but follow it. And if you get an idea, pursue it. It might seem silly or undoable at first, and it might be, but on the other hand, it might not be. Mm -hmm. And Go with your gut instinct and be you. I love that. I'm going to ask you this question. If all that you've been out here selling for a long time now, mm-hmm. what do you think is the biggest mistake you made? Uh, let's see. Paying for traditional publicists. Ah. I hired yeah, I hired some of the traditional publicists that said all the same things that all other publicists said and none of it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go thing as we wrap up. If if marketing's to be, it's going to be up to me. You are the single yeah. best proponent of your words, your book, your imagination, your vision. And with that, Rob Jacob, thank you so much for being with us today. It, it was delightful being with you. All right. Look forward to seeing you again. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Everyone, have a great week. We'll see you next week with another new topic. you for being a part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith